welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Well, I want to speak a Happy New Year over you. I don't want to just celebrate Happy New Year or say Happy New Year, but I want to declare a Happy New Year over your life, a Happy New Year in your family, a Happy New Year in your finances, a successful and victorious New Year, a better New Year than the previous year in the name of Jesus. And I believe that in this year, God has given us a promise. It's a promise from first Samuel, chapter 30. And he says, you shall recover all. You shall recover all. You see, history is a story of loss and recovery. The Bible is a story of loss and recovery. Life is a story of loss and recovery. What is it that we've lost? What is it that has been stolen from us in the previous year, previous decade, previous seasons of our lives? Well, Satan stole Adam and Eve's authority, their identity. When they were created, you see, they were created to rule the earth. But through the deception of Satan, they lost their ancestry. They lost their identity. They lost their equality. They lost their destiny. They lost their authority and their royalty. You know, we've all been robbed. We've all been stolen from in one way or another. Maybe you've been robbed of your job opportunities or relationships. Maybe you've lost health and well-being. Maybe Satan came and Satan does come to steal our health, to steal our peace, to steal our joy. He'll do it through religion. He'll do it through any means possible. He'll do it through uh, a false holiness that it's holy for you to lose. But God wants to restore what has been lost and he wants you to recover what has been lost. And this is going to be a year. I prophesy this is going to be a year of recovery for you, recovery of breath, recovery of life, recovery of time, recovery of blessing, recovery of whatever the enemy has stolen. He's a thief. He might have robbed your peace, ruined your health, spoiled your relationship, damaged your finances, screwed up your opportunity. Maybe you did that to yourself. But no matter what, whatever has been stolen from you, it's time to get it back. Lost opportunity, lost investments, a relationship, family situation, marriage, children, peace of mind. We're not just going to stand there and let Satan steal our stuff anymore. This is going to be the year of restoration and recovery, getting your stuff back, getting your peace back, getting your health back, getting your finances back. You know, in first Samuel, chapter 30, and I want to talk to you from this passage of scripture about recovering everything that's been lost, but also through the power of conquering yourself. And the irony is I want to talk about several things about ourselves that we need to conquer. But there are also several things about ourselves in the way that we treat ourselves and self care. So it's you could call it conquering yourself or caring for yourself. It's going to be the same things. It's funny that conquering ourself is achieved. And the, there's uh, studies that have been done and people have said the one who conquers himself cannot be conquered. So we're going to conquer some things in our lives. But by conquering those things, we're actually caring for ourselves in a very healthy way. So whether you need to care for yourself or whether you need to conquer yourself, it's going to turn out the same and it's going to be in your favor and for your victory. So let me read to you 
uh, out of this passage in 1 Samuel chapter 30. And it came to pass when David and his men had come to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had invaded the south uh, and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. This is the city of David. They burned his city with fire and they took the women captives. They didn't kill any, either great or small, but they carried them all away and went on their way. They kidnapped all of the family members of David and his soldiers. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you've just cried every tear that your body could, could even manufacture and there's not even any more strength to even cry about it? There's not even any more strength to even feel you feel numb to it now. But these men wept and David wept until there was no more power left to weep. And it says and David's wives were taken captive. And in verse six, it says, and David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people were so grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. Now, I want you to notice it says these men, they all spoke of stoning David. What a what a terrible time that David has lost everything in his city. His family has been kidnapped. And now the only people that he can trust, his own soldiers are talking about killing him. His own soldiers are talking about stoning him to death. It's funny how the enemy can sometimes work through the people that are closest to us. But you have to realize that there will be times when the people that are close to you won't be able to give you what you need and won't be able to do for you what you need. And you'll have to come to a place like David came to a place at the end of this verse when the people spoke of stoning him. It says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. He encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. You see, in order to conquer yourself, in order to care for yourself, in order to have this season of recovery and restoration that I believe that you are going to experience this year. You can't wait for someone else to encourage you. You can't wait for somebody else to master your soul. You can't wait for somebody else to care for your soul. You can't wait for somebody else to take care of your needs. Of course, we need to trust God, but we have to take care of our own self. We have to master our own self. Even God cannot master yourself because he he will never enslave you or oppress you. But you have to master yourself. I have to master myself. Self mastery is the greatest goal that you could have this year is self mastery, because if you can master your thoughts and you can master your attitudes and if you can master the way you look at yourself, nothing else can master you. Nothing else can control you no matter what's going on in the world. So this year, I want to encourage you to become an encourager of others, but you can't be an encourager of others until you're an encourager of yourself. In Hebrews chapter three, verse 13, I love this verse. It says, encourage one another day after day, encourage one another every day, day after day, as long as it is still called 
today. He says to encourage one another as long as it is still called today so that none of you would be hardened by the deceitfulness of unbelief or missing the mark or it's translated as sin, but it's really the sin of unbelief and missing the mark of of how to think correctly, because that's what changes our behavior, good or bad. So how do we encourage ourselves? Because if we're going to be an encouragement to others, we have to learn to encourage ourselves and build ourselves up. So how do we do that? I have seven ways to build yourself up. If you would take charge, even if you just start with the first one, even if you just focus on the first one, maybe the second one. But these seven things, if you will commit yourself to encourage yourself in these seven simple ways, you'll never be the same. Your life of joy will overflow your life of peace, your ability to have true victory in life and not be a victim of whatever comes against you, but to truly be a victor. It simply comes from caring for yourself in these seven ways or conquering yourself in these seven ways. And what are they? Number one, we must identify ourselves. We must identify ourselves. And the second one, I'm so that you understand the pattern that I'm going to go through. Number one, we need to identify ourselves. Number two, we need to love ourselves. So let's go through and I'll go through all seven uh, as time permits. But number one, we need to identify ourselves. How do we identify ourselves? You know, when we grew up going to school, the teacher would ask us to identify ourselves. They would call our name. We would raise our hand or you would introduce yourself, identify yourself. And I want to encourage you that in order to care for yourself, in order to conquer yourself, in order to have self mastery, in order to build yourself up, you have to identify yourself with the right identity. Everything in our lives flows from the way we see ourselves, what we think about ourselves, what we identify ourselves as. If I identify myself just as a man, I'm going to miss out on the things that God has for me as a believer, as a person, as a fellow member of the community, the church, the world. I can't just see myself only as a man. I can't just see myself only as a husband or only as a father, or only as a pastor, whatever. However, we identify ourselves. It needs to be this. I believe a healthy self identity is to identify ourselves as his beloved, as God's beloved. We must identify ourselves as his beloved, the one that Jesus loves, the one who, like John said in John chapter 13, that John was the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, everybody, Jesus loved all of the disciples, but John knew and identified himself as the one whom Jesus loved. So if we're going to conquer ourselves, if we're going to care for ourselves, if we're going to build ourselves up, the first thing we need to do is we need to identify ourselves as the one whom Jesus loves, identify ourselves as his beloved. My name to him is beloved. Your name to him is beloved. He loves you beyond words and beyond what any human being could ever even possibly conceive. And when we identify ourselves correctly. We can identify ourselves as losers. We can identify ourselves as people that God would probably reject or see. That's all false. That's all a false narrative about you. We need to identify ourselves 
as who God sees us as. And he sees us as his beloved. We're the one who Jesus loves. You're the one who Jesus loves. You're the joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're a fellow heir with him. You're seated with Christ. And your Bible says we died with him. We were buried with him. We were risen with him and we're seated with him in heavenly places. See, we need to identify ourselves as sons and daughters, the beloved sons and daughters of God. Number one, identify ourselves as the one whom Jesus loves as his beloved. Number two, we need to love ourselves. The power of love will change everything. You can't love anyone if you don't first love yourself because God loves you. We have to be people that can truly love ourselves, that we can accept ourselves as we are with all of our weaknesses and with all of our flaws, because God accepts us that way. That doesn't mean we want to stay in our weaknesses. It doesn't mean we want to stay flawed in every area of our lives. We will always be flawed until we're one with him in, in heaven. But we, of course, want to work on our shortcomings. We want to work on our flaws. But we have to love ourselves as we are, because that's how God loves us. So, number one, we need to identify ourselves as the one whom Jesus loved, identify ourselves as the beloved sons and daughters of God. So identity is the secret. When you understand I he chose me, he didn't just create me. He chose me. If you just think God created you but didn't choose you, you missed out on your identity. And when you miss out on your identity, when you don't identify yourself correctly, then you won't you won't be able to love yourself correctly. You'll if you think that God if you have an identity of of yourself as something less than who God created you to be, then you will love yourself less than how God created you to love yourself. Now, loving yourself is not selfish love. There is a form of selfish love. But the love that we're talking about when it comes to loving ourselves is to love ourselves in the sense of accepting ourselves, realizing we're flawed, realizing we're human, realizing that God made us special. God made each person unique. God made you unique. God made me unique and truly being able to love our own personality. And it doesn't mean at the expense of anybody else. It means that you can love yourself and your own personality because God loves you and God created you like that. Not he didn't create you with all of your flaws and mistakes, but he created you with all of your personality and he uses all your flaws and all your mistakes so you can love yourself as you are. In fact, when you love yourself as you are, you will eventually see yourself changing and growing and developing because of a healthy sense of loving yourself. Jesus said you can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. He said, love your neighbor as yourself or you will end up loving your neighbor. He's really saying you will love your neighbor in proportion to how you love yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you hate yourself, you'll hate your neighbor. If you're mad at yourself all the time, you'll be mad at your neighbor all the time because you will treat each person how the outworking of how you treat others will be based on the inworking of how you treat yourself. So number one, to build ourselves up, to conquer ourselves, to care for ourselves, we need to identify ourselves. Number one, we need to love ourselves. Number two, we need to forgive ourselves. Number three. We need to free. We're doing this together. You and me, we're not. It's not you doing this and because I've already done all this. It's you and me doing this together. It's you and me both doing this. We're going to identify ourselves as his beloved and sons and daughters of his love. We're going to love ourselves because God loved us first as we are.
We're going to forgive ourselves. This is the power of letting go. Boy, if you will go into the new year beginning today, having forgiven yourself for last year, having forgiven yourself for last night, having forgiven yourself for last hour or last minute, we forgive ourselves. This is the power of letting go. You know, here's how I can tell if I'm forgiving myself when I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see. It's usually because I need to forgive myself of something. I'm holding something against myself. If you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, I'm telling you, it's not plastic surgery you need. It's not more makeup you need. It's not, you know, a closer shave that you need. If you look in the mirror and don't like what you see, there's something you need to forgive yourself for. And I don't want you to go any further into the new year holding something against yourself, because again, how we treat ourselves is how we'll end up treating everybody else. If you will make the decision, a quality decision from which there is no retreat and there is no turning back, a quality decision to master yourself, self mastery in 2023, self mastery in 2023. If you look in the mirror, you don't like what you see. Forgive yourself. Just say it. I forgive you. I forgive you. Look at yourself and say, I forgive you. Look in the mirror and say, I forgive you. Gregory Dickow, I forgive you. That's what I say. That's what you can say to yourself. I forgive you because God forgave you. I'm forgiving you, I'm not forgiving you because you got it all together. I'm just talking to myself. Right? I'm not forgiving you because I got it all together. I'm forgiving you because God forgave you. I'm not forgiving you because you treat me right all the time. I'm talking to myself now. I'm not talking. I'm not forgiving you because you treat me right all the time. I'm forgiving you because God forgives you. I'm not forgiving you because you got it all together because you don't. I'm forgiving you because God forgives you. I'm not forgiving you because you've apologized enough and you've groveled and you've begged and you've you pleaded. No, because that doesn't work. I'm forgiving you because God forgave you. You got you got me. Forgive yourself, forgive yourself for condemning yourself, forgive yourself for not measuring up, forgive yourself for listening to the accuser, forgive yourself for thinking less of yourself, forgive yourself for living in fear, forgive yourself for hating yourself, forgive yourself for what you did to somebody else. And if you need to ask them to forgive you, go ahead. But forgive yourself today. Forgive yourself. How? Do we master ourselves? How do we conquer ourselves? How do we care for ourselves? Number one, we identify ourselves as his beloved, as the one who Jesus loves. Number two, we love ourselves the way God loves us, just as we are in this moment. Number three, we forgive ourselves the power of letting go, the power of forgiving yourself to yourself out loud. Number four, we speak to ourselves. So where, where are we at? We identify ourselves. We love ourselves. We forgive ourselves and we speak to ourselves. Now, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in a few moments, but we need to learn to speak to ourselves. We've been listening to ourselves long enough. It's time to speak to yourself. Speak to yourself victory. Speak to yourself that you're more than a conqueror. Speak to yourself that you're the head and not the tail. Speak to yourself that you're going up, not down. Speak to yourself that you're going over, not under. Speak to yourself that you're going from good to great. You're going from great to the best. Speak to yourself and learn the power of your words. Psalm 42, David said, why so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. He literally was looking in the 
mirror and telling that to himself, to his own soul. Why are you so downcast? Why are you so depressed? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. He's talking to himself there. We need to talk to ourselves. We need to speak to ourselves. Number five, we need to build ourselves up in faith. We need to build ourselves up in faith. I could say we need to believe in ourselves, but it's bigger than that. It's not believing in yourself. It's building yourself up in a with an attitude of believing the promises of God and believing that you are who God said you are. I love what he says about prayer in Jude, verse 20. Beloved, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the spirit and keeping yourselves in the love of God, not keeping yourselves in your ability to love, but keeping yourselves in the love that God has for you. He says, building yourselves up, beloved, by praying in the spirit. Boy, if you were ever going to take the next step in this spiritual journey, I would encourage you the next step for many of you that are connecting here right now is to learn to pray in the Holy Spirit, to pray in the Holy Ghost, to pray in tongues, to pray in the supernatural heavenly language that God offers in Acts chapter two and first Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14 and Romans chapter eight and Isaiah. I mean, there are so many passages in the Bible about the power of praying in the spirit, praying in other tongues. It's really a precious gift that God wants to give you. If you download my book, The Power of a New Life, it's absolutely free for anybody that would like it. You can download it anywhere for free and it has a whole chapter dedicated to it's a small book, but it has a whole chapter dedicated to the power of the Holy Spirit and the gift of praying in the Holy Spirit, where he prays through us with groanings that are too deep for understandable words. It's called praying in tongues. It's all throughout the Bible and it's been all throughout history. And it's something Jesus talked about in Mark chapter 16, something Paul the Apostle talks about in many places as well. But to build ourselves up in our most holy faith by praying up, praying up a storm, praying ourselves up. We we conquer ourselves, we master ourselves, we care for ourselves by number one, identifying ourselves correctly. Number two, loving ourselves the way God loves us. Number three, forgiving ourselves because God forgave us. Number four, speaking to ourselves the word of the living God and the blessings over our lives and then building ourselves up in our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. And number six, we encourage and build ourselves up by losing ourselves, losing ourselves. What do I mean by losing ourselves? We need to lose ourselves by losing the limited version that we've had of ourselves. Lose the labels that others have put on you. Lose your view of what God is capable of doing in your life and start opening yourself up to the possibilities that God can do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all that you can ask or think. Lose yourself and the life that has been stamped by your mistakes and stamped by generational curses and stamped by who you think you used to be. Lose yourself by understanding your identity in Christ. Lose yourself 
by losing the lower opinions that you have of yourself. Lose yourself by losing the focus of what you need and stop recognizing yourself based on what you need and seeing yourself deprived, but rather lose that version of yourself and recognize yourself as one who my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Lose yourself today by recognizing who you truly are in him and what you truly have because of him. Boy, if we could get a hold of these six things and I'll have a seventh for you in a second. But in order to encourage ourselves up like David did when he was in his worst moment, he he encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. How do we do that? By identifying ourselves correctly as his beloved, by loving ourselves as he loves us, by forgiving ourselves the power of letting go, by speaking to ourselves words of blessing, by praying ourselves and building ourselves up in our, our most holy faith, by praying in the Holy Spirit and number six, by losing ourselves and the version of last year's self. And number seven, by involving ourselves, the way we build ourselves up is by involving ourselves in the power of our church family. You know, it says in first Peter, chapter four, verse 10, I love this verse where he says, employ your gifts in serving one another and building yourselves up in love. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And then in Ephesians chapter four, uh, there's a few verses here that talk about involving ourselves and getting involved, whether we're online, whether we're in person, get involved, involve yourself in your church family, involve yourself. It says in Ephesians 4:11, he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists, pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain. We're not doing this alone. We need each other until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. I love this passage. This talks about how we by being connected, we're going to grow. And as a result, verse 14, we're no longer going to be children tossed here and there, carried by all the waves and winds of doctrines, by the trickery of people, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, he says, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head. That is Christ. And then he tells us how from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies by what every joint supplies. You know what makes a joint? The joint is what connects one part of the body to the other part of the body, what connects the the forearm to the tricep or connects one part of your leg to the next part of your leg. These joints are what cause the body to grow and to be healthy. And the joint is the connection between the two body parts. And you know what? Involving yourself means being a part of a connection, 
being connected. Remember, we talked about last year how the new wine is in the cluster. It's not just one grape by himself or a couple grapes here and there. But when the cluster is connected, when there's the connection, we build up the body, we build ourselves up in love and we become a powerful force called the body of Christ that finishes the work that we were put on this earth to do until the end comes and we take as many souls as we possibly can with us. Boy, I wish we could get a hold of how simple it really is to build yourself up when you're discouraged, when you're down, when you're hurting, when you're suffering, when you've lost something. David built himself up and you can build yourself up and uh, and you shall recover all the Bible says. And I I want to tell you at the end of that verse and I want to get back to speaking to ourselves more powerfully this month. I'll talk more about that. But as we close, I want to just say that if you look at go back to first Samuel, chapter 30. And after David encouraged himself in the Lord, it says in verse eight. And he said, Lord, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? Shall I go after the enemies that have come after my family and my city and my soldiers, families? And God answered him and said, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, you shall recover all without fail. You shall recover all. You see, once you deal with yourself, you're ready to deal with the real enemy and you're ready to recover all. Once he dealt with himself and encouraged himself in God, then he was ready to deal with the enemy outside. When you deal with the enemy inside of you, now you're ready to deal with the enemy outside of you and you shall recover all in Jesus name. Say that out loud. I shall recover all. I want you to say this in the name of Jesus. I identify myself as his beloved. I love myself because he loves me. Come on, say this out loud. Number three, I forgive myself and I step in the power of letting go. Number four, I speak to myself blessing and I speak to myself. I'm the head and not the tail. And number five, I build myself up in my most holy faith. I pray in the Holy Spirit. Lord, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Give me. Come on, pray that. Give me the power of the Holy Spirit and give me the power to pray in the spirit in Jesus name. And number six, say this out loud, say I lose myself and I lose the previous version of myself and I receive the new version of myself more than a conqueror. And number seven, I choose to involve myself in the body of Christ and involve myself by being connected to my church family in Jesus name. And I now shall recover all say that I will recover all. If you've never accepted Jesus as your savior, pray this, say, Jesus, come into my life, be my savior. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead from this moment forward. I'm a child of God. If you prayed that prayer, would you would you contact me and let me know that you just prayed that because you just became a part of the family of God by simply praying that 
prayer and accepting Jesus and what he did for you on the cross and that he rose from the dead. Let me know, because this book is just for you. I'm telling you the power of a new life. This book will transform your life. It lays the foundations for what's next, the next steps in this beautiful journey that we call a relationship with God. It's not a religion. It's a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I love you. I bless you. And I thank you for taking the time to receive the holy word of God, the goodness and the love of God in Jesus name. We'll see you at our next service. God bless.